continue to uh, not to fight and engage and argue with your brother or your uncle, but to be able to learn and allow themselves to transform that message of nagging as a message of love, as a message that's saying, listen, I, I'm still here testarudo and terco and bonehead, right? Uh, because I love you, not because I want you dead. If I wanted you dead, I would actually be applauding your, your stand. Welcome to Good and Grounded, a discussion with passionate leaders who are working to solve some of the most complex issues facing our community. I'm Jim Licko, co-founder of the Digital Marketing Agency Center Table, and today I'm joined by my guest co-host, Ramona Robinson, president of Ground Floor Media and a co-founder with me in Center Table. On March 11th, 2020, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic, and in December of the following year, vaccines were first rolled out. The emergence of the vaccine clearly saved countless lives, but with political divisions, hesitancy, and inequality in health systems, people uh, around the world, and even right here in Colorado, have opted not to get inoculated, which of course has prolonged the pandemic. Well, thanks, Jim. I'm honored to be here, not only to talk about an issue that I'm really passionate about, but also to work with several people who've been doing important work in our community in the area of vaccine equity and who are leaders that I really admire. Father Dang is a community outreach worker who does a great deal of work with our Vietnamese community in Denver. Fernando Pineda Reyes is the founder of CREA Results. CREA stands for Community, Research, Education, and Awareness, and his organization works with diverse communities throughout Colorado. And last, but certainly not least, is Kaylee Zimmerman, an emergency management specialist with the Denver Department of Public Health and Environment, or DDPHE. As you can imagine, much of Kaylee's time over the past couple of years has been spent working on the city and county of Denver's COVID-19 relief efforts, specifically getting our community members vaccinated. Thank you for joining us, Father Dang, Fernando, and Kaylee. So Kaylee, I'm gonna start with you, given your broad view of the vaccination landscape. COVID-19 vaccination rates have followed some unfortunate patterns we've seen in Denver over the years with regard to equity. How are Denver's vaccination rates now, and are there still communities or neighborhoods in which you're focusing on getting people vaccinated? Yeah, absolutely, and thanks for having me here today. Um, what we've seen in Denver over the past uh, year plus of vaccination is a trend of a lot of folks being interested right out of the gate and now a plateau, which we did expect, and that is really an okay position to be in. Uh, but what we're really focused on now is these very specific communities within Denver that have either vaccine hesitancy or barriers to actually accessing the vaccine. Um, we have been doing a lot of work in Denver called uh, in areas called the inverted L, so everybody that works in public health and other sectors knows that there's specific communities in a certain shape within Denver that tend to have, uh, they're under-resourced, they might have limited access to different public sector functions, whether it be uh, going to an urgent care, going to a primary care physician, all of these features where we want folks to have access, they sometimes don't, or we just aren't reaching them. So uh, some interesting uh, statistics, too, that I wanted to share with folks is when we're looking at the disparity between people that identify as white or identify as black, Latino, uh, Asian Pacific Islander, all of these other groups other than people that are white, we're seeing a lot lower vaccination rates. 
for all age groups 12 and over in the white category of folks, people that identify as white, we see every age bracket has 76% or higher vaccination rate. When you look at every single group of 12 and older in folks that identify as Hispanic, Black, Asian, Pacific Islander, or American Indian, every single one of those is under 75%. So we can talk all, all day long about how well we've done, yet this is just a huge, huge discrepancy between a bunch of different communities within Denver. Yeah, that's that's wild to me. And and to to think about it, and this is coming from a, a white man of middle age, um, to, to think about the, the various differences in communities and how to reach them, um, it's perplexing. And especially for something as important as a public health situation like COVID-19. Fernando, you've you played a significant role in getting the COVID-19 vaccine into Denver's Hispanic community. Why was it or is it harder to reach communities of color and convince them to get vaccinated? Well, I think uh, one of the difficulties, I think, is that um, the Latino community, of course, it cannot be put in one box, right? There are so many, uh, so many cultures, uh, issues around where does the person was born, where's, how long this person has been in the United States, the age, gender, sexual orientation, you call it. So I think... Uh, I think it is fair to say that, as my colleague Callie said, it's not only below 75% of where we are right now. Currently, we're not even at 50%, which means one out of two Latinos in Colorado is not yet vaccinated. And that is alarming. That is uh, when we thought that, oh, this pandemic is going to belong more to people who are more on the naysayer of the getting the vaccine no matter what. And we knew there was a profile, but it was not the Latino profile. And now this is a sad reality for uh, Latinos like me who are working directly. And to answer your question, is it hard to reach? No, no, it's not. <laughs> is it hard to find them? No, no, it's not. We've been talking to them. Is it hard to bring the services directly to them? No, it's not. As Father Dang will talk in a moment, we're, we're meeting people where they are with, in collaboration with all the multiple agencies, nonprofits, media, uh, and especially our, um, our public health department. We've been able to be just there. So following your question, is it hard to reach? As I say, no. And we are addressing all these social determinants of health one by one and trying to do our best. What is getting in the way? A couple of factors. Some of those that apply to many of the cultures is discomfort with getting vaccines in general. Then you start peeling the onion and it gets all the way down to, I don't believe in either the system, in science, on vaccines, of what you're saying, or what anybody else is saying. I only believe in what I think I know and I'm gonna go buy it, which apply for a lot of humans. But Latinos, we're not far from it, sadly. Um, we're dealing with people that is strategically and specifically is investing great deal of their time and effort into finding an excuse of not continue to even, not even get the vaccine, just be in the conversation. So cultural factors are, are of course a part of that. There is a fear and discontent uh, from the system either the public health system or the political system. There is a discontent on the science based on past atrocities done in the name of science. There is unfortunately a lack of alliance between science and some of the major churches. In our case, our incredible Catholic churches that they serve the community in an amazing way. But there was from the beginning of the pandemic, uh, not an agreement on the messaging and what the vaccines will be 
they are and what they're made and what they're for. So unfortunately we'll do that. And of course our cultural Latino patience, right? Of saying, I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna do it, just not right now. So there's many things that uh, for good or bad, uh, we can put into the issues of why and why not people have not get yet the vaccine, but we're working on it. So Father Ding, You've played a really significant role in getting the vaccine into the arms of Vietnamese community members. In fact, you're um, talking to us today from a mobile vaccination unit. You've overcome generator issues to plug in and make sure that you can reach those community members. So thank you for all of that. Uh, what are some of the hesitancies that people are sharing with you about COVID-19 vaccination and how are you overcoming those? Politics has a major role into it. I remember the very first day I, I was reaching out to the community about being safe as ourselves, so that way we're not being attacked by calling us China virus. Why we were trying to help bring the level of hatred in the community down. Then the next step was the suspicious of was COVID a hoax? It was about getting after even with Trump he was the one that caused the whole thing, the whole nine yard. But finally, we we start seeing people to cooperate. And it's very sad. You know, I think we our community paid with the price of uh, losing individuals one by one by one to the point that people harass me. People say, from now on, we will not call you a father anymore. We won't call you a witch. So I came up with an idea of creating a talk show that reach out to the Vietnamese community uh, in Denver, in Colorado. Facebook was a beautiful material to, for us to do. And so the very first video that I streamed live with Governor Jared Polish, it was 40,000 viewers. And it surprised me and I'm like, oh my gosh, so this is how we can reach out and communicate with our Vietnamese community. It changed my job, it changed how the way I deal with community completely. Now, three years later, the talk show has been successful. But I tell you, at the beginning, it was really sad that uh, the politics has to play in a major part of it. And then the hatred, the racism go into it. You know, it we, we have to trade the lives of so many individuals, especially Vietnamese that did not believe in COVID. They paid their life. And then one by one, their family members said, Oh my God, we have to come around and do this. Um, people are still suspicious in a, in in a lot of ways, but uh, I want to become a good example by showing them that I take the first dose. What happened on the first dose? Nothing. Second dose, I show them what happened, and then a few days later, I was honest. I said I got really sick, you know, and people get scared. But I say I'd rather be honest than you know lie to you. And so just come and get it before you get sick. Fernando and Father Dang have outlined so many different ways that people decided not to get vaccinated, maybe right away, or are still to this day haven't gotten vaccinated. Are there broader themes in in the city and county of Denver as to why people haven't gotten vaccinated? Yeah, you know, that might be the million dollar question. Um, <laughs> I think if we had figured that out, we, we'd be in a really different position. We can put folks into these bins of race and ethnicity or language, but that doesn't really identify their culture. It doesn't go deep enough into the why are we here? Why is there some reluctance or hesitancy or mistrust? And so I do think that we continue to see a real combination of factors 
for us in local government, for us at public health, we, we want the data. We want to be able to support what we do with the data, and that drives so many of our decisions. But when it comes down to it, us looking at just this one data point of race and ethnicity or this one neighborhood, that doesn't get into the why enough. This is one of those instances where the lines are really, really blurred uh, as to as to why why people think the way they do and how they get information and what they believe and all of the above. So it's fascinating. Kaylee Fernando or Father Ding, maybe a, a, do you have a positive story that you were able to overcome and that that's what you try to share with other people to encourage them to get vaccinated? You know, I have a story. There was a Vietnamese lady on Facebook. She put on Facebook, she will dig a hole to burn me alive with the Chinese because I refuse to call China virus. She refused to believe in COVID. Then she got COVID. She reached out to me and she said, quote unquote, do not make fun of me, Father, I get it. I have COVID. Sadly, she gave it to her son, 31, 32 years old, until today, still go through dialysis. But the day that she, after she came out of that COVID, she was begging me to get her onto that COVID vaccine list. And she drove all the way from Aurora to Mambalo to get her and her son vaccinated. And that was a moment of, I said, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad at you. It's okay, you know. Uh, I give her a hug and let her in. And uh, until today, we become very good friends. But that was from a bad story turned into a good story. Wow, thank you for sharing. We do like to end these podcast episodes with some sort of call to action or something people can do within the community to help out with this issue. Beyond in uh, talking to your neighbors, talking to your family members, talking to your community members about how public health is important and why these trusted sources are important, bigger picture, what can any of us do to avoid this type of situation down the road? Are there conversations that can be had? Are there things that I can do to get out and meet my neighbors or something along those lines that you might leave our listeners with to, to help them out? And maybe, maybe Kaylee, I'll start with you. I don't know necessarily the how, but I think what we keep hearing is this mistrust of government. And I think it's it's on us here at the local level to really start to have those conversations and own all of the missteps, own the areas that we missed the mark, didn't do enough, didn't reach all the communities we could have uh, to start saying, you know, we're learning a lot. We're, we're going to keep moving forward and we're going to do better next time. And you know, looking forward to, to continuing these conversations with all the amazing community partners that we have who are actually out there working with their communities like Father Dang and Fernando and, and being those trusted agents that we can keep relying on. So I think if we can kind of all start coming together and hopefully seeing that government isn't necessarily bad, but that we do uh, try to have some good intentions and really want to connect with folks. Yeah. How about you, Fernando? Well, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity to discuss this issue with my colleagues and you all and the people that are listening and just reiterate that I'm not speaking on behalf of the whole Latino community in Colorado. But what we're learning is that as a family, right, as we praise ourselves and the Latino community, as many other communities, that el familismo and the, the care for family is there. Just a reminder that kids cannot protect themselves, right? And I think it's the, the, the part that where we challenge with respect 
and like a wooden stick, as I said that, um, and I will invite others to continue to uh, not to fight and engage and argue with your brother or your uncle, but to be able to learn and allow themselves to transform that message of nagging as a message of love, as a message that's saying, listen, I, I'm still here testarudo and terco and bonehead, right? Uh, because I love you, not because I want you dead. If I wanted you dead, I would actually be applauding your, your stand. So the, the reason that I'm here, it's because of this and that and the other. So we do know that um, uh, we need to expand what family is. Uh, sadly, sometimes the Latino community, in some elements, uh, we think family is, is this family, you know, and uh, <laughs> and then oh, the neighbors, we don't even want to get to know them, you know, we don't trust them, we don't like them, we don't, they don't go to the same church, they don't, you know, they do this, they do that, the other. Uh, so I will invite uh, people to listen to us. We learned that public health, it's a concept that a lot of people do not even understand what it is. We keep thinking about personal health and we are in a country that allows that and protects that. You know, it's my body, my health and it's okay. But the concept of public health, I think it was never that public until the pandemic hit. And then we're like, what do you mean I need to worry about that guy? You know, I don't even like him, you know, all the way to like, wow, if I protect that guy that guy protect my kid like oh wow what an interesting concept right if the neighbor that i don't like is immunized and he has children and our children get together once in a while to fight or to play the ugly neighbor needs to have their vaccine so then my kid is protected oh it was still personal, but suddenly become a little bit more public, right? So I think uh, in, in wrapping, I would say we're not over yet. Um, the numbers are super scary. There are so many things that we want our, our, our message to not be of alarmistic approach. But, um, but sadly, everybody's so done at the moment that uh, we need to find out uh, how do we reignite the attention that this virus deserves and uh, because the struggle is not yet to be done. So um, we're here to partner. We will continue to do as much as possible in the community. Uh, we will not stop until they stop us. Um, and I think it's one of those things that um, uh, we will be there. And if you are still having any family member that is not vaccinated, do not give up on them. Yeah. I had the chance to go to the South by Southwest Interactive Conference down in Austin this past month, and I can't remember which session it was, but somebody, a political leader, had mentioned how far we've come with division because of politics and things like that. And and her comments that she left us with were, you may disagree with somebody on 99 out of 100 topics, but it's that one topic that could be important. And it's, but that's why it's important to have that conversation. And that's why it's important to be an open to having those conversations with people. So I think that's what the three of you have done over the past year and a half, two years is, is being open to having those conversations, even the difficult ones. And so thank you for, for doing that for our community. And thank you for taking the time with us today to talk through this important issue. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Fernando saying the reason we nag, the reason we get on our family, relatives, friends about important things like getting vaccinated and, and their health related issues is because we care. And so my one cool thing is just 
completely in line with that sentiment. I saw a speaker at South by Southwest this past March about misinformation and how you have difficult conversations with people. And the comment she made was moving from the either or mindset of talking heads on TV that want to fight. You have a take, I have the opposite take and moving toward a both and concept. We're not all that far apart. We all care about each other. We all want to be good people. We all want to be good humans. And so getting away from either or and moving toward both and I think is, is my one cool thing and one cool thought following this episode. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends, family, coworkers. Go to goodandgrounded.com to find out more. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Podbean, wherever really you listen to your podcasts. If you have somebody that we should talk to, let us know. Drop us a line, subscribe, and let's get out there and do some good in our Colorado communities.